This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Welcome to episode 31 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts. And get ready to dive back into Summer of Sharks as we bring you the fifth episode of this series. We have a sequel for you this week, Jaws 2. As Hayley said, our Summer of Sharks movie for this week is Jaws 2. Before we launch into the movie, a quick thank you to Mr. Mitch Bain for providing us with the Summer of Sharks theme tune, which has been written very recently for this podcast. We debuted it last time, Summer of Sharks episode for episode 29, but we thought we'd give him a proper thank you this time. So thanks, Mitch, for providing yet another piece of great music to the podcast. So, on to Jaws 2, and who's providing the synopsis this week? This week, the synopsis is by Nick Reganis, who you may have heard about before on this podcast, because this guy writes some great synopsis. We could not have written anything as good as this. So let me uh, get into Jaws 2. It's been four years since the terrifying attacks in Jaws 1975, and now yet another underwater predator stains the waters of Amity Island red. With Police Chief Martin Brody faced with a series of deaths, disbelief, and a possible new shark problem, and Mayor Larry Vaughan reluctant to take action, a group of teenagers, including Brody's sons Mike and Sean, find themselves at the mercy of a rapturous 30-foot great white shark. Can Brody rescue the trapped young sailors and stop once and for all the ferocious man-eating creature with the jaws of death? That's a pretty good synopsis. <laughs> it's a shame that the movie doesn't quite live up to the excitement generated by that synopsis. I mean, it's not it's not a terrible movie, Jaws 2, but I think um, Nick has generated a lot more excitement than you end up getting in this movie. Definitely. So this was my first viewing of Jaws 2. I'm a big fan of the original, as we discussed in our first episode of Summer of Sharks, but I've never seen the sequels. They're just something that passed me by. I never really had kind of um, an interest in really watching them. But now since doing the series, I was really interested uh, to see where the uh, franchise of Jaws goes after the masterpiece that is Spielberg's original. I thought it was a decent sequel. I didn't mind it, but I didn't really think it was the most necessary film that needed to be made. It definitely lacks something compared to the original. So whether that's like the suspense tactics, because I think you kind of know what you're getting this time around and it definitely kind of plays it in a bit more hammy way. But 
saying that it does have some great set pieces but I think because it's missing some of the characters as well from the original it's just there's something lacking there it's it's okay I wouldn't like say it's terrible there's way more terrible sequels out there than this one I really did like it but I don't know if I suppose I could have lived without seeing it really yeah that's fair enough I think um director Jean Oswald was on a hiding to absolutely nothing here because how do you follow Jaws? Pretty much you can't. So whatever he was going to try with it was going to be coming off badly compared to the original. I remember seeing this a long time ago and I think I saw it on the TV first time and really not liking it because at the side of the original I just thought this is completely unnecessary and terrible and it's just stretching credibility even though the like the first one isn't particularly set in any sort of realism this one it's all over the place in terms of what the characters are doing and it focuses on the youngsters too much and Mayor Vaughan's there doing his same shtick from the first one and really didn't like it on first viewing I think I've mellowed somewhat over the years, having seen it a few more times, I think I was pretty unfair to it the first time. The first one was sticking in my mind so much that everything that this movie did came off badly in comparison. But you're right, it does have some good set pieces. The water ski is very good. Uh, there's some quite good shark attacks in it. What it does, because you've already seen the shark in the first movie, you see it fairly soon. They don't like leave it two-thirds into the movie before you see it again. So... You see a reasonable amount of the shark. They keep it um, covered up enough so that you don't see the joints most of the time. Uh, there's some reasonably disturbing moments. There's a bit of gore in it. Um, they do try to recreate Ben Gardner's head coming out of the bottom of the boat. There's a bit of suspense with what they think, you think is a piece of driftwood in the water and it's got a body underneath it. It kind of works, but... The way they've shot it, you know something bad's going to happen. And it's not directed with anything like the skill of Spielberg giving you that jolt with the head dropping out of the bottom of the boat. But having said that, it's okay, actually. It does what it says on the tin, pretty much. I do still think that it's too involved with the secondary characters. At some points, Chief Brody really isn't a part of the plot he's just there to look concerned occasionally and go a little bit off the rails when again they don't believe that he's saying that yes there is a shark coming in there and the council of the town is saying no it's definitely not a shark this time i mean you would think that they'd have learned a lesson from four years previously but that this is the movies you know you wouldn't have any sort of dramatic tension if they just all said right okay yes it is a shark go out and kill it so it's clear that Roy Scheider, I mean, he's still bringing his air game to it, but it does seem like he isn't quite as invested in it as the first one. And I think that's probably down to the fact that maybe he didn't really want to do it. I know it was part of a deal with Universal Pictures. And I think eventually, because he, he, was, he walked off the set of The Deer Hunter, I think Universal said that if he did Jaws 2, he was free of his contract. And I think it was that, and plus a, a reasonably large amount of money, 
that made him do it in the end. But I think it comes across a little bit that he slightly doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, it's very interesting researching into the backstory of the film and um, Roy Schneider's problems with the movie. Yeah, his heart definitely isn't in it. He did um, actually have a lot of disagreements and fights with the director. There was a story about him hauling himself in a hotel room, pleading insanity to get out of the contract. So obviously he wasn't enjoying this movie or this experience at all. Yeah, I think it's like quite frustrating because obviously we're seeing things again through his eyes. We know about the shark. We've seen all the deaths occur. And he's then trying to... Um, warn everybody and it's falling on deaf ears once again and it's a bit eye rolling and then obviously he has that really mad moment when he's on the beach and starts like shooting a gun and and it's just bluefish not a shark and you just you just know that's coming because like get out of the water and everyone's panicking and then they, they're just thinking oh this guy is insane it definitely just has yeah that kind of I suppose sequel touch where um it's basically Again, nobody's believing him because they're thinking, what are the chances of this happening twice? That is a problematic element. And the other element that's quite problematic is there's too many characters in this movie to invest in because the group of the teenagers, it's just so big. So after a while, it's like, who's who and who's related to who and that type of thing. I think it maybe if they condensed that group a little bit, it might have been a bit more effective. There's one girl in it who is just really overacting all the time. Like she's totally like screaming and, and for no reason half the time. But it's, it's just like really over the top. It's definitely aimed more of like a, a teen crowd as well than the first one was. I think it's definitely got that to it. Again, it had a turbulent production, which we've already touched on. Um, the original director was John D. Hancock and he was replaced because... They didn't feel he was capable of taking on this action movie. We've talked about Roy Schneider and um, all his shenanigans on set. Um, Spielberg did not want to return. And he described making a sequel to Jaws as a cheap carny trick because he felt that the original was a definitive shark movie. And I'm inclined to agree with him there. Um, and he was really put off as well because of all the technical problems that the original movie faced. He had such a bad time filming it so he didn't want to be put through that experience again and then this film I think did have <laughs> some technical problems <laughs> as well <laughs> then they did film the town scenes in Martha's Vineyard once again but what the production company had wanted was to board the town up and make it look like it was representing Amity's failing economy after the events of Jaws, like people didn't want to holiday there as much anymore. But the residents in real life, they were very uncooperative about this and they didn't want to have all their shops boarded up. So that kind of went out the window. Because I think that would have been quite interesting because when, when the movie starts, um, it focuses on the opening of this new hotel in Amity Island. And I suppose it's it's showing how the town's moved on and people have kind of forgotten about the the horrors that happened in 1975 and they're just looking forward to having a good time but um i yeah i think the original idea would have probably been more interesting and in this movie as well there was three sharks built for it because the original sharks were rotting at the back lot of universal they could not be used again and the sharks have names there's bruce two fidel and harold <laughs> 
That's quite quite a good fact. I mean, I guess if you're creating <laughs> something, then you can give them nicknames as well. It's, it's well, that's quite sweet. I agree with you about the idea of Amity being a ghost town after the first one. That would have been a really interesting route to take the plot down. I guess for a big brash summer movie, it's probably a bit too dark for what audiences want. So they went down this kind of teen thriller angle, which kind of doesn't really sit with the Jaws franchise, but it works well enough. I mean, the teens are generally okay. I mean, you've got Keith Gordon in there, pre-Christine, and he's doing pretty good work. There is a lot of shouting when the teens start getting attacked by the sharks. There's an awful lot of shouting, mostly shouting at each other, and there are people failing to keep their balance on boats and falling into the waters to become potential fish food. So there's lots and lots of fake-outs as to who's going to die and who's not. There is a pretty good, and, and I mean, not particularly graphic, but quite effective death of one of them where, I mean, I'm going to spoil it now. There's a character called Marge. I mean, she isn't in it an awful lot. And you kind of think, well, where, when's Marge going to figure into it? And then you suddenly realise, well, she's going to figure into it because she's going to get eaten by the shark. But there's a pretty good close-up of her getting you know the shark bearing down on her and and sort of snatching her from the side of this upturned boat which is pretty good so for every clunky moment in jaws 2 there's one pretty decent one it's fine as far as it goes and i guess within the canon of jaws movies personally it's going to be the second best one for me because i have i have issues with both jaws 3 and jaws the revenge but we're not here to talk about those. I guess you're in the shadow of such a brilliant movie that any misstep you're going to make in this movie is going to be amplified because everybody is going to look at it and go, well, Jaws did that better. And, I mean, big up to jean Soir for taking it on. Um, I don't think I would have done in his position. I'd have just thought, this is career suicide. I cannot top Jaws. But... He gave it a pretty decent shot. I think he doesn't have Spielberg's eye for tension or suspense. Like you said, the bit where Brody goes mad and starts shooting at the water. It's kind of a play on that scene in the first movie where you're not sure whether the shark's going to turn up or not. And Spielberg drags it out a bit and he kind of keeps giving you false flags. And you think, oh, it's going to be here, it's going to be here, it's going to be here. Whereas... Uh, John Oswar is kind of like, right, we've had this for 30 seconds. Let's just have him running into the water, firing his gun at things. So it kind of destroys the suspense. So he's not particularly great at building up any tension. But, I mean, it's a gripe. But overall, I mean, it isn't a terrible movie. It runs for just under two hours. It doesn't generally feel like it drags. I mean, there's a few subplots in there. It does feel like the production kind of went in different directions because there are plot strands introduced that they suddenly deal with very, very quickly. I mean, for instance, the guy who is responsible for bringing the hotel to Amity, I think there was a subplot in the original script where he was going to have an affair with Brody's wife, and it's kind of hinted at early on in the movie, and then it's disposed of really quickly and forgotten about. But the thread is still there. So it's full of moments like this where you're thinking, well, where's this going to go? Are they going to come back to it? And then they don't. 
I'm not saying it was hastily assembled because it probably wasn't. It was a big production shot over several months. But there are elements in the plot where you think maybe they should have just cut that entirely because it hints that it's going somewhere and then it's never referred to again. Yeah, that was really strange because um, I was thinking about that um, after watching it like that, the whole subplot went nowhere. And yeah, it was completely unnecessary, very throwaway. They, as you say, they may as well have just edited that out completely. And yeah, it was a gruelling shooting schedule as well. I think they ended up filming the movie up until December and I can imagine that would have been freezing. Yeah, it was something about the cast had to like step on ice cubes to make sure that they're... Um, breath didn't show on the screen show how wintry it really was so yeah they can they convinced me well that it was summertime so so kudos to them for that for me like as I say I never wanted to seek this film out it, you know I hadn't perhaps even realized there was a sequel to Jaws until much later um so in, in my head it, it always seemed like it's something that's perhaps a bit forgotten and you know potentially underrated but actually it was like such a high grossing movie it did so well Obviously, it has the famous tagline, is that when you thought it was safe to go back into the water, which has been referenced like multiple times in cinematic history. And then it was the first Hollywood sequel to actually use the number two in it rather than Roman numerals, which is really fascinating. And it was the highest grossing sequel in history on release until it got bumped off its perch by Rocky II in 1979. I mean, yeah, it, made, it it did its job. It, it made money for the studio. And I guess that was the object of the exercise. I'm thinking that they weren't looking to produce some piece of great art. They were just looking to make a follow-up that would cash in to a certain extent on Spielberg's movie. And there are nods back to the original movie. There is mention of Matt Hooper. He even gets mentioned uh, in terms of a, a phone call. You never see him and you never hear him. But Hooper is now on the Aurora. It's the research boat that he passed up the chance to go on in the first movie. So Hooper is now on the research boat, obviously researching into sharks. So that's why he can't turn up in this movie. And you've got things like Brody is talking about bite radius at one point, which is obviously learned from the first movie. He's talking about they, they find a dead whale on the beach and it's got a bite in it. And Brody's obsessed with the bite radius. So it's got a couple of nice callbacks to the first movie it doesn't completely obliterate what's gone before it does try to create its own new ground as well but again you're just thinking back to the first movie quite a lot of the time even to the point where the final confrontation between Brody and the shark it's kind of the same thing where he's very close to the water and the shark's closing in on him it's not a rifle this time it's a it's an electrical cable it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the first the first movie where he shoots the tank is is yeah, it's silly. But I mean, it's if you can suspend a bit of disbelief, it's plausible. This one, I mean, it's spectacular and it's quite a good send off for the shark. But at the same time, you think that's quite daft as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it almost kind of spoofs itself with the shark scenes because it's kind of winking at the audience and. So you see more of the animatronic as well, which obviously has aged over time. Um, you know, you can tell it's an animatronic rather than a, a real shark. Um, interestingly about the whole power line hill at the end is that 
in the Universal Studios ride, that's how the shark is finished off in that. So I thought that was really interesting that they actually took some of the um, ideas from Jaws 2 as well as the first one in that in that ride. So that, that's interesting because I hadn't obviously realised that before either. I guess it's better than giving one of the passengers a rifle and then saying, shoot, the, <laughs> shoot, this, uh, shoot this oxygen tank. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I'm it. still so sad that I could never go on that ride because, yeah, it just looked amazing. Yeah, same here. I'd have gone on that so many times. As I say, it, it is still operating in Japan, so we can get there one day. Well, there you go. Japan's <laughs> on my list of places to go then just to do the Jaws ride. Well, not just to do the Jaws <laughs> ride, but definitely to do that while I'm there. But um, on the bucket list. Absolutely. But, I mean, you know, it's... I think it's it's easy to be snappy about Jaws 2 just because of the legacy of the first one. But it's all right, actually. It's it's fine. I think that if you can blot out enough of the original, then it's a pretty serviceable shark movie. Yes, the teenagers are quite annoying. And it does spend a little bit too much time watching them just faff about on boats. And it does relegate Brody to a bit of a secondary character at that point before he actually has to come back in and save the day. But overall, it's a perfectly serviceable movie. It's definitely not on the level of Shark and Saw Women's Prison Massacre. It's something <laughs> that I could happily watch again. It's pretty untaxing. It could do with being a little bit gorier. I mean, there are some startling moments in Jaws and, and the... They save the gore for the moments where it's going to be the most effective. Here, you don't really see a lot going on. A lot of it happens off camera or it's it's in a cloud of sort of bubbles escaping from divers' helmets and things. It's just, it isn't even what you don't see. It's kind of, they, they do put such brief kills in this one, in general, that you don't feel that any of them has an awful lot of impact. But... I guess if you're looking for that sort of sequel, then maybe they were looking to tone it down a bit because of the issues that they'd had with the certification of the first one. This is a PG and there's no real troubling of the PG certificate in this one. Yes, quite a few people get got by the shark, but none of it's particularly nasty, I have to say. Yeah, definitely. It's all off screen, you said, and... Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting that it was a PG, so it's obviously aiming maybe more at a family-friendly kind of vibe. Um, you know, it does have mean-spirited points, you know, the shark takes no prisoners, that, that shark doesn't mess about. I mean, when I was watching it, I was joking, thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if that shark is actually a relative of the original shark and it's come back for revenge? <laughs> it knows. Well, if we <laughs> ever get round to doing Jaws the Revenge... Oh, God. You might get your wish in terms of that plot point. <laughs> it's absolutely incredulous, but I just think it's just really funny because I was I was having a good time with the shark moments in this film because I, I just thought it, they were top and silly. And it would just be the comedy value to have, have that type of um, nod back to the original, maybe, but... Yeah, I think never know next summer we might tackle Jaws 3D and Jaws for the Revenge. I've not seen them yet, but I would quite like to to complete my franchise viewing. 
you may think differently once you've seen them. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Jaws 3D is set at SeaWorld, so there's something a little bit bit different there. But, you know, if it's a bad movie, I might be very miserable after I've watched it. So don't take this excitement um, literally with you right now. Yeah, I like the fact that uh, there is a line in Jaws 2 which says, sharks don't take things personally, Mr. Brody. And at that point I was thinking, ah, Ah, but they do. Just just wait for later in the series. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, if you enjoy shark movies, this is one to watch. Definitely. I, I, I wouldn't say don't watch it. It's not terrible. It, it's entertaining enough. It's just kind of going to always live in the shadow of, the, I'd say, the masterpiece that is Spielberg's Jaws. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 31 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy what you heard, you can follow us on our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. Let us know which shark movie that you've been enjoying this summer. So, episode 32. Are we going to do another Summer of Sharks movie? Yeah, you bet we're going to do another Summer of Sharks movie. What are we going to cover next time? So we're still in the sequel waters this time around, and we are taking on a sequel of a movie that we've previously done an episode on, and that is Sharknado 2, the second one. I love that subtitle. (laughs) So get ready for Sharknado 2 next time. But until then, stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you soon. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean. <laughs>